Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. Well, it's June, it's summer, and, you know, it's nice to know that the Travelers Championship in this crazy year is still happening. So with that, we're lucky enough to have Nathan Groob, Tournament Director of the Travelers Championship, who also may have the record for most appearances on the Lights, Camera, Sports podcast going back to the TV days. So, <laughs> Nathan, with that, thank you so much for joining us here in the uh, in the podcast. And I was just thinking about this morning, this tournament, when you got here, uh, was I would classify it as surviving, and now it truly, truly is thriving. You, you've done a really good job. And what, I think it's been close to a decade plus you've been now the tournament director of, of in uh, Cromwell? Well, Mike, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Um, you've been supporting us since the beginning. Um, but, yeah, no, I got here in 05, so this would be uh, 15 years, my 16th tournament. Um, so it's, to your point, I mean, the evolution of uh, what has happened, I mean, with a very, very good golf tournament. Uh, but when, when travelers came in and where, where they wanted this to be and what they wanted this to be and just kind of re revamping and kind of taking a look at yourself in the mirror and saying, okay, what do we want to be when we grow up? And, you know, trying to be a tournament that uh, that the players wanted to come to all the time. They circled on their calendar at the beginning of the year and, uh, you know, just striving for that. So um, it's been an amazing journey, and I cannot believe it's been 15 years, but um, it's been a lot of fun, and it's very cool to see uh, to see what's happening. I mean, to your point, even in a crazy year with, uh, with what's going on with the, the sport, but just to be – I would say to be in this uh, place on the on the calendar, on kind of in the sports landscape of you know helping bring professional sports back and being one of the the first events to do it, and not only the first event but one of the first sports back to do it has been very cool to be a part of. But also we feel a we feel a big sense of responsibility to do this the right way and do this uh, very safe and uh, with no regrets. So. That's, uh, that's what we're trying for, and everything's shaping up, looking really good, and the guys are excited, and uh, it's going to be a fun field to watch on TV. And I've heard this story before, but let's just backtrack for people who may be listening the first time. People may not know, you're, you're from Southern California, I believe the San Diego area, and uh, you, you went to college at Auburn. Um, and you, So you played golf in college, and you tried you know, make it on the PGA Tour. Just explain, tell people how you got into tournament golf is the director side of it, and uh, how you got to Hartford. Well, I, I will say this: you, if, you, if you fail enough times, you will finally find something that works. So, <laughs> I, I did. I grew up in Southern California. Um, thought I had a little bit of game uh, when it came to golf. Uh, I, I wasn't, you know, recruited. There was this kid who lived up north of me named Tiger Woods, who was in junior golf. He was he tended to get all the attention in Southern California at that time. <laughs> um, but uh, I wasn't. I wasn't recruited. I wanted to walk on to a D1 school, so I had some connections at Auburn, and I um, I tried to walk on, and actually. The coach said thanks, but no thanks, and so I didn't make the team my freshman year. Um, went back, was looking to do it again my sophomore year, and just really kind of started to get burned out with the game. Uh, stepped away for a couple years, um, sophomore, junior year. Went back my senior year, tried to uh, tried to play a lot. This, the way the season worked out, I, I didn't end up trying to walk on my senior year, but kept playing and just 
kind of fell in love with that passion again. And I was, I was getting out of school and I said, you know what? I think I gave it up too early. I think I, I should have stuck with it. I should have done something else. So I said, I'm going to give it a run on the mini tours and see what happens. And so I raised a little money, uh, waited some tables, uh, went down to Florida and played, gave a game my best shot, uh, through, through my best game at it for a few months. And, Guys like Bubba Watson and Heath Slocum and Boo Weekly and all those guys absolutely pounded me in tournament after tournament <laughs> down there. And uh, I realized that, uh, that my best was not going to cash a paycheck. And, uh, but it was one of those things where it was, it was great to kind of, you know, address the, address the dream. And, you know, I'm never haunted by the what ifs or, you know, I could have or I should have. And, uh, the, you know, I just, I gave it my best shot and that, that dream was addressed and it's on the shelf and it never, never haunts me. Um, but then I got into teaching and I became a PGA professional when, uh, went back to school with PGA of America, um, taught for about four years, uh, just really wanted to be around the game. And then, um, in that process got to start to work with a management company that, you know, put on PGA tour events and then really fell in love with that side of it. I mean, really getting involved with the community and doing the promotion and working with the charities and, you know, putting these events on and working with sponsors and, I mean, just kind of the year-round um, engagement that it is, just fell in love with it and uh, was the tournament director down in Jackson, Mississippi at the Southern Farm Bureau Classic. And then this opportunity came up and my wife and I looked at it and said, hey, let's, let's go to New England. Let's try that out for a few years. And uh, that was 16 years ago. I mean, we fell in love with Connecticut, fell in love with New England. Uh, kids have been raised here, and uh, it's just been—it's been a fun ride. I mean, Travelers is a is a title sponsor. This this golf course, this this group here. I mean, there's so many pieces that uh, have made it just an absolute blast, and I feel very very fortunate to uh, to be a part of it. Yeah, and that's a great segue. As you're right, you talked about Travelers. Just talk about what they've meant now. I, I feel like we kind of say it every year how important it is, but you know, you go back to Buick. Uh, it was not quite the same with the late August date. I remember, you know, that's a lot, a lot stable now. And just talk about what Travelers has meant uh, to this term and your relationship with them. So I think when you get, you kind of get perfect storms sometimes uh, on, on the PGA Tour. You get a, a local hometown yes. little sponsor. You get uh, a title that, that is engaged on a year-round basis. Um, and you get a title that cares about the, the tournament charities, that cares about, you know, everything for the entire year. And that's not, that's not normal. I mean, a lot of times you get a title sponsor who, you know, really is excited about the TV advertising, the, the demographic that comes with golf, the, you know, you come in, you entertain a lot of people for that tournament week, and then some titles are gone. Um, totally different with, with travelers. They are, um, you know, the, uh, you know, the hometown, the red umbrella I mean, for Hartford is just, you know, it's, it's synonymous with this area. And they have a team like, so we have our tournament team and then they have a team that, that works on this event year round with us. And so they're so engaged and they're so involved. And uh, I feel like we are so lucky to have them as a title. And, you know, they did a, I can't remember the, the, the cadence, but I mean, in 2014, when they did a 10 year deal out to 2024, it was, I think this, second one of the first or second 10-year deals on the pga tour it hadn't really been done like that and then things just started to just snowball from there i mean when the new clubhouse being built and the practice facility had just been done and they you know fixed all the bunkers on the course and you put some money into, i mean it's just it's been just an just a great ride and travelers and i think we're 
We're very, very fortunate to have them, and we definitely wouldn't be here without them. And then, Nathan, too, you mentioned the charities. What charities are benefiting uh, this coming year uh, with the tournament? So we have uh, the Hole in the Wall Gang Camp has always been a partner of ours. I mean, they're such a great organization. They're a camp out in, um, here in Connecticut in Ashford that, uh, that works with kids with some serious medical challenges, and they um, bring them out to camp, and they have a hospital out there. So Hole in the Wall Gang Camp is a phenomenal organization. Uh, but also this year, we it's interesting with the tournament. We, we always want to be relevant with our charities. We want to, you know, we're part of our community. We want to be uh, listening to what's happening. And so um, we decided in April to support um, a charity called 4CT that uh, really helps with COVID relief and, you know, helping support food banks and helping, you know, things like uh, helping to pay for daycare for frontline workers. I mean, just the impact of what this has done to so many people um, has been something that we want to help fight. And so we committed to some funding for, for that organization. And then also here more recently, you know, we have, oh gosh, for over a hundred charities that we work with. And I mean, just the, the, the social justice, the unrest that's happening right now in our, in our country. So many of our charities were, uh, you know, on the front lines of this and, we made a decision. We partnered with the Hartford Foundation for Public Giving, and uh, we're going to fund a two-year program that um, that we're rolling out right now. That's going to work with um, youth and communities, with police and communities, to 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 really engage and work on relations and um, just a, a social justice program that that uh, a lot of police that we've talked to are very excited about it. Um, different departments are, are getting involved, and it's uh, we're funding it for the next two years with the Hartford Foundation for Public Giving. So there's there's a program there that we're very, um, we feel very fortunate to be a part of. So the, just the charitable impact of the tournament, I mean, you know, looking around at your community, what's happening with it, and uh, trying, to, trying to do what's right and trying to, you know, uh, play our role in, uh, in doing something right. That's excellent. It's always nice to hear new charities involved as well, in addition to the hole-in-the-wall uh, game. Uh, that's that, that's awesome. Um, and th- that's a great segue as well to my next question, to this year particularly. Just, I'm interested, Nathan, in the timeline with you, with COVID, and how did you, I guess, when did you, was there a time where you thought maybe this tournament would be canceled? And then when did you find out that it would be held, this time, of course, with no fans? Just kind of maybe take us back to March, April, and the whole timeline of how this tournament came with the COVID uh, issues. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Sure. Uh, I mean, I would say kind of that, that March time frame. Yeah. Where, you know, when players' championship, things are starting to happen in the NBA and players and, and stuff like that. Um, I would say when, when players got canceled and they canceled the next four, I mean, we all went, okay, like that could happen to us. And what would that mean? And we started working on, you know, I, I've kind of told people probably five versions of the Travelers' Championship. You know, one was, okay, a limited build. One, You know, like, and there's all the different variations of this limited build. You know, what if we can't build our two biggest structures? What if we can't 
build, you know, this? What if we can't build corporate row? What if we can't build skyboxes? And like, we're kind of like working through all those iterations of the tournament. And, you know, what are the financial implications? What are the, uh, you know, just all the different impacts to our sponsors and things like that. And, uh, then we came to this version, you know, kind of as things evolved and we said, okay, we're going to be one of the first four events back. You know, there's going to be no, no spectators on property. There's going to be, you know, no pro-ams, no special events. And that was obviously very strange for us. You know, we built uh, a reputation of doing, doing a lot tournament week around the, around the tournament and just not having any of that, um, was very, it was different, but it was also, we were still understanding that, you know, we want to do this. We want to, we want to play the event if it's safe. You know, the state had said the same thing. They said, look, you know, if it's safe, we want to do everything we can as a state uh, to help. Um, and putting it on in this version is, is obviously not, it wasn't our first option, but we wanted to be part of the story of bringing golf back. And Connecticut now has a, has a place in history of helping to bring golf back. And, uh, you know, we, we take it very seriously. And, we're, you know, health and safety is the number one priority and the amount of testing protocols that we have in place you know, the temperature screenings, I mean, everything that we're doing for everybody on property just to be as safe as we can. And uh, we want to be we want to be proud of how we how we did this at the end of uh, at the end of the tournament. So for people who will be watching this week and they see the course, what will be some of the changes that will be unique this year? Are, are, are there are there rope galleries? Are there I assume there's no bleachers, right? No, there's not. You'll see you'll see some camera towers yeah. and you will see actually there's a couple hole marshals that are still there to really, you know, help the players with if there's a wayward tee shot. You know, there's a couple of uh, volunteers in each hole that, that help from a pace of play standpoint. Um, but no, no bleachers, uh, you won't see many rope lines and it's interesting. I think the I think the fans will see the golf course in a way they've never seen it before. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a beautiful piece of property and a lot of times, you know, it's framed with the, the hospitality structures and things like that. But when you look at this golf course without anything on it, it, it is a beautiful uh, piece of property. And the guy, the guys love playing here and they think it's, you know, a great track. So, um, but I mean, talking to our broadcast partners too, you know, NBC, Golf Channel, CBS, you know, looking at how they're covering and the different footage that they're going to use and use of all kinds of different technology. It's going to be, I think from a viewer standpoint, it's going to be very cool. And especially the people who know, you know, who know the golf course, be like, oh my gosh, look at that, look at that. So I think it's going to look very cool on TV. Awesome. Now let's get right to it. The field, uh, you know, I think nine, you said nine out of the top 10 are here. Phil Mickelson commits this week. He's a name, big name, uh, you name it. Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, across the board, Jason Day, Brooks Kepka, Rory. Just talk about how this field came together and uh, the great success so, so far. Still a couple hours to go, too. <laughs> yeah, still a couple hours. It's kind of crazy to look at it because I mean, we had, I think at the time that uh, players like Midmarsh, I think we've had four, three or four of the top ten had already committed. You know, Rory, Justin Thomas, I think Bryson at the time, I'm trying to remember. Um, but, you know, we already had a really good uh, group, a core group of guys where if, if it would have stopped in, in March, you know, it would have been a field I'm very proud of. You know, three, four of the top ten, and it would have looked really good. But then what happened, it just, you know, a lot of guys that are, well, all the guys that are coming this year, um, have been with us before. You know, like Rom, we haven't seen him in a couple of years, but he played with us, you know, a few years ago. And then, you know, Dustin coming back and then Justin Rose coming back. And so it's a lot of guys that have played us that know us. You know, they know what we're about. They know who we are. And to see them come back is pretty cool. And I was actually looking at these stats uh, this morning that four of, the, four of the top ten in the world right now that are coming 
uh, all guys we gave exemptions to when they were young. Either they started their career with us, they turned pro with us, or they were still in college. And when you look at that, I mean, just, you know, being able to develop relationships with those players and, you know, they remember and they yeah. come back. And uh, so, you know, how we give our exemptions and how we allocate them is, is very, very uh, strategic for us. But when you look at that, it's kind of cool to see that, you know, four of the top ten in the world right now are guys that, you know, we got to get to know when, uh, early in their career and we gave them a spot to play. That's why you give it to the younger guy. I remember Patrick Cantley, right? Didn't he have the course yeah. record as a uh, amateur, I believe? did shot 60 went, went straight into the world golf hall of fame as a freshman at ucla so, <laughs> yeah but then you got rom and justin thomas and uh, bryson and cantley and webb simpson and all those guys we, we gave exemptions to early in their career to get started with us that's amazing and just talk about give us a story phil mickelson this week was that kind of a last minute thing did he did you know were you in contact with him or how did that all play out obviously one of the top names in all of golf and all the world yeah, no, no, Phil, I mean, Phil's one of those guys, I'm sure it wouldn't surprise anybody, that, you know, Phil, you just never know what Phil's going to do, right? I mean, it's, uh, I mean, he could show up, he's almost like a bubba, like he could show up in a, in a hovercraft tomorrow and it wouldn't surprise anybody. Um, <laughs> or he could parachute out of the sky and land on the 18th screen, be like, I'm here to play. I mean, it's like there's certain guys where you just, you know, like anything's possible. So, I mean, Phil was, even last year when he came and he hadn't been in a while, I mean, it was kind of later, you know, like he kind of committed late and, and this week, I mean, He's like, hey, it looks good. I'm coming. It's like, great. So, I mean, it didn't, I would say it didn't surprise us, but it also, you know, you just don't know until late in the game with, uh, with Phil. But it's going to be great to have him back um, to, uh, to play. I know he, he said this when he left last year. He goes, man, I did not like how I played. He goes, i got to figure out how to, how to change that. I don't like that. Leaving on that note, you know, because he ended up, uh, he had missed the cut. So, yeah. I think he's coming back with a little chip on his shoulder this year. There you go. All right. Well, hey, and Nathan, I got to ask too the question I always get around town: Tiger Woods. What? Any uh, people <laughs> thought maybe this year he might do it, and uh, what's which? I guess what's your take? By the way, my last podcast guest was Joe Lacava, and uh, he lo- he talked, he yeah. sung your praises. He loves that course, and uh, you now Cromwell, TBC River Islands. Oh no, Joey's great. Last time, uh, last time I played with Joe, he he drove the green on fifteen and made made his eagle putt. So. Joe, he, he's a stick himself. Wow. Um, but you, you never know with Tiger. If there's a guy that keeps his schedule close to his chest more than anybody else, it's him. And uh, he is just very, very tight with it. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, we obviously have a good relationship with Joey, you know, Mark Steinberg's agent and everybody. So um, you just never know. But I would say that uh, he, know, he knows he's always welcome. So if, if it works out, uh, he knows we'd love to have him. Well, there you go. Nathan, any final words you'd like to say to the people of Connecticut this year? Obviously a tough situation, no fans, but uh, just to evolve the whole tournament, any final words? No, just uh, to all the fans that it's, um, you know, I mean, I think we're lucky to, to be here to have an event. There's lots of markets that, you know, didn't even get to this point this yes. year. You know, they, they had to say no to their PGA Tour event, so I think we're we're lucky to be here, but that also, like, it's it's hard to be without them. I mean, the fans are really the, you know, the heartbeat of this event. So I would just say be patient, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see everybody in 21, but uh, to watch and root us on and uh, go from there. Yeah, let's get a really high TV rating for uh, the Travelers Championship. That's right. <laughs> well, Nathan, thanks again. I think you do have the record. Either you or John Gallagher, University of Hartford, for uh, most appearances on this podcast. So thank you so much, and uh, best of luck next week, and we'll be there watching you. Thanks, Mike. I'll talk to you soon. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting 
to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.